There are central spiritual questions that are asked over and over, and they are usually, who are we and why are we here? Who am I? Why am I here? We wonder what our lives will be, what choices will face us, who will be our companions, who will we love and who will love us, and who will we spend the rest of our lives with. But over and over we go back to who are we and why are we here? Where are we going? Where do we come from? What are we? You know the song. And then another question arises that some of us seek the answer to. Whose are we? Earlier this spring, a meteoroid entered Earth's atmosphere and broke into many smaller pieces. Most of them landed in a village in Costa Rica around 9 p.m. on April 23rd. One woman in this town went on, went searching for one of those pieces and found it after about an hour and placed it in a plastic bag, which was exactly the right thing to do because it preserves what the meteorite contained. There are such people in the world who are meteorite hunters. And from what I can ascertain, one such hunter secured this meteorite from this woman in this village in Costa Rica, who then sold it to a man of wealth, who then donated it to the Field Museum in Chicago for study just the other day, October 7th. Scientists are very excited about this meteorite because experts say it likely contains clues to the origin of life on Earth. Yes, the headline was, Field Museum's New Meteorite Contains Stardust That Predates the Solar System. Some particle in you may belong with that meteorite, or some particle in it may have been you somehow. We belong to the universe. I was talking with a friend one day who's a feminist, and I asked him how he had come to his feminist views of the world. I thought he might talk about witnessing some event or having some um, experience that would have turned him into a feminist either quickly or very slowly. He's very clear about women and people having equal access and equal rights. So I asked how he came to be this way, and his response was, well, I know who I am, and I know whose I am. I know I come from the mother, he said. This sense of coming from a divine source of creation that is feminine was a, is a grounding part of his worldview and his personal path. He knew he belonged to her, the great mother, the divine feminine, however he defined that. It shapes his life, it guides his actions. And however we define it, we belong to something larger than ourselves. Call it God, call it love, collective consciousness, collective unconsciousness, whatever you call it and however you define it, we belong to something larger than ourselves. I saw one of you post on Facebook this week about a day that you were feeling unwell, headache, tired, lethargic, and you went to some commitment that you had made, and then even though you didn't want to, you went to another commitment, 
And as part of that, you went for a walk. And within 15 minutes, you were feeling better. The healing power of nature, you called it. Biologist and author Robin, Robin Wall Kimmerer says, knowing that you love the earth changes you, activates you to defend and protect and celebrate. But when you feel that the earth loves you in return, that feeling transforms the relationship from a one-way street into a sacred bond. <clears throat> We live upon this earth and are dependent on earth for our very basic bodily needs. This relationship with earth, that we love the earth and the feeling that the earth loves us in return, develops a spiritual connection. Our relationship with nature, with the earth, offers us opportunities to grow our spirits as well as our bodies. And if we are trying to live an embodied spirituality, maybe sometimes those two are one and the same. We belong to the earth. Most of you are probably familiar with the farmer in the dell, but in case you aren't, the game, for lack of a better word, starts with a song the farmer in the dell, the farmer in the dell, hi-ho the cheerio, the farmer in the dell, you know it, right? One person, the farmer, stands in the middle of the circle as the rest of the children dance in a circle, hands held, around the child who is the farmer. In the next verse, the farmer takes a wife, and so the child in the middle chooses someone to be the wife. The wife then moves into the circle with the farmer. Then... In the updated UU version, the perhaps non-binary spouse takes the child who moves into the middle. The child takes the nurse. The nurse chooses the cow. The cow chooses the dog. The dog chooses the cat. The cat chooses the mouse. And the mouse, finally, chooses the last person to come into the middle of the circle, the cheese. And then the last verse is, that the cheese stands alone. Whereupon, all those in the middle of the circle move back out to join the larger circle, and the cheese is left there, alone in the center, to endure the rest of the song. Now, that, to be fair, that cheese person who endures the standing alone gets to be the farmer in the next round of the song, right? But if you are a first grader and the cheese is standing alone, you may burst into tears and run back to be part of the rest of the circle where you know you belong. I am my beloved's and he is mine, says the song of Solomon. The writer knows to whom they belong and knows that the other person also belongs to them. Douglas Steer says, there is not identity outside of relationship. You cannot be a person by yourself. To ask, whose am I, is to extend the question far beyond the little absorbed self and wonder, who needs you? Who loves you? 
To whom are you accountable? To whom do you answer? Whose life is altered by your choices? With whose life, whose lives, is your own all bound up inextricably in obvious or invisible ways? Perhaps that first grader knew that as the cheese, her life was bound up in the family farm in the Dell, in the relationships that existed, that if in fact there was no farmer, no mother, no child, no nurse, no cow, no dog, no cat, no mouse, there was no need for cheese, actually, no need for her, no need for her existence. We belong in relationship. We belong to each other. We belong to each other here in this liberal religious community. Together, our vision widens and our strength is renewed. That's a quote quote from Mark Morrison Reed, UU minister and theologian. And that is what we hope for, isn't it? That we come here to find how we see and experience the world expanded, not narrowed, certainly. Why would we come to a place to think more narrowly? We come to, ex- to embrace the challenges of life in this world. And here is the thing. One of us alone, and I alone, cannot widen that vision. There are things of which I may not be aware, and I rely on you to widen my vision, to tell me about jazz, or how music or knitting is a spiritual practice, to let me hear the mandolin, to know how a lake is a place of renewal for you. To offer a good word about language or climate reality or immigration or how to build beloved community together. And you depend on me for that as well. We depend on each other. And in that, I hope that our spirits and our strength are renewed. I know that we arrive often troubled about the world, as well as our own personal lives. We arrive, if not with actual headaches and tiredness, then with metaphorical ones. We arrive tired and maybe a little cranky. What I hope is that being here, being together, having a place to belong, lifts our spirits, emboldens us to live our lives and our values, offers us a chance for laughter and coffee and sharing, even of tears. That there is something to renew our souls and strengthen our spirits so that we feel ourselves lighter and lifted up and called to live our values out loud in this world. And that is why we seek out a liberal religious community. But know this, this congregation is not a given. It only exists because of those who choose to make it so. Those who choose to belong to it and those who choose to let it belong to you. We belong to each other. Our desire for love and connection runs deep, so much so that we may compromise who we are in order to belong. 
Researcher and professor Brene Brown says that when we fit in instead of actually belong, we mold ourselves to the situation instead of being our authentic selves. This doesn't create real connection, and we end up feeling lonelier. In reality, the only true belonging that exists and the connection that underscores everything else and all other relationships in life is that powerful sense of belonging to ourselves. We are so often trying to belong elsewhere that we turn our backs on the most important and key aspect of belonging. Our um, prelude this morning, this must be the place, talked about home and that we, we must be here. I know that I struggled in my life, in my earlier life, not wanting to be here. And I don't mean in Virginia at the UU Church of Loudoun. I mean here on this planet. It felt like that home was somewhere else for me. And I know that that is true for other people as well because I've talked to people who feel that way. And and when you work with healers and, and they say to you, yes, it's not that you don't want to be here, you just want to go home. Yes. But what I have realized is that where we are is home, these bodies. And when we feel disconnected, what we are disconnected from is the belonging deep in ourselves. This is home. This is where we belong. Knowing that inside me lets me know I am at home here. Brene Brown writes, true belonging is the spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being a part of something and being alone in the wilderness. True belonging doesn't require you to change who you are. It requires you to be who you are. We belong to ourselves. We must belong to ourselves. Belonging is not something that just happens. This striving to belong takes commitment and perseverance and deep and fierce love of ourselves and each other and the planet. It takes being willing to be the cheese standing alone in the wilderness and also the bravery to walk away from loneliness and toward community. When we feel lost, when we feel disconnected and afraid for ourselves and our children, when we are called upon to make moral decisions and have moral courage, it is that sense of belonging that we know we are connected, as Joss Powellick writes, that to that reality that is larger than ourselves, in which we find sustenance, strength, and comfort. A reality in which we find inspiration and joy. A reality that challenges us, guides us, helps us make those moral decisions, calls us to be loving, to practice compassion, and to seek justice. Perhaps our lives are ultimately about understanding that we belong, and that we belong to all of this, to everything, because we are here. 
to recognize that we are already home. We are part and parcel of the stardust that predates this solar system, belonging to the universe, God, to love, to that which is larger than our, us, to the, uni- to the earth, belonging to each other and to ourselves. May we find and know that we have a place to belong, that we know who we are and whose we are. 